Dynasty season is upon us, and the best place to play Dynasty is Sleeper. Get the Sleeper app. Do what I did last year. Migrate your team to Sleeper. It's the best place to play fantasy football. This is the decision point with Anna Nanduri. Anna, we had the Super Bowl. It was fantastic. Was there anything that happened in that Super Bowl that you thought was particularly interesting other than the call? We're not going to talk about the call. <laughs> no, we won't. We're not going to talk about the officiating. It's two shows in a row I've talked about the officiating. I don't believe it. they should have thrown the flag in the Super Bowl on what was a non-hold hold. And I also don't believe they should have even thrown the flag on the late hit out of bounds against Cincinnati because I want the players on the field and the plays on the field to determine the outcome, not the officials and not anything that's happening out of bounds. That said, what do you think was the most interesting thing about the Super Bowl? I think, first of all, in order to set the stage for all of this, um, one of the things that makes Andy Reid and, to an extent, Eric Bieniemy brilliant is they're not afraid to steal especially from their own from their own coaching tree. So Dan Orlovsky did a really great breakdown uh, Monday morning on what we call rock and roll coverage, which is basically when you see jet motion, especially near the end zone, you're out leveraged as a corner, right? Especially if you're in man to man, you're out leveraged because they're running to a spot that you and you don't you're you're reacting, right? What rock and roll basically does is it swaps the coverage responsibility from the corner and the safety. So Darius Slay would run to the middle of the field to replace the safety, and the safety would run to the opposite side, right, to cut off the jet motion, basically ensuring that if it was a sweep, that they had leverage advantage and could tackle him in the backfield. The problem is, as soon as you delegate responsibility like that, if they cut back outside, you're fucked. And Doug Peterson did this in week four with Jacksonville. And the last two touchdowns that Kansas City had were both third downs where they ran that whip route where basically jet motion inside and then Tony runs right back out. And then the exact opposite on the opposite side where Sky Moore runs in and then runs back out. The reason that I found that so fascinating is they ran the same motion on second down both times just to validate that the Eagles were in that rock and roll coverage and and we're going to switch that the way that they thought they would. And then on third down, they ran that play. So, I mean, it's, it's really just interesting how we talk all this time about, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a demigod. Jalen Hurts is the greatest thing we've ever seen. Like we talk about all these quarterbacks, like, you know, like they are what they are, which are mega stars. But my God, how easy is your life if you're a Mahomes or if you're a Jalen Hurts or even, you know, going back to week four, Trevor Lawrence, when your offensive coordinator and your head coach make life that easy for you, right? I mean, we saw the effort that was put into what Philly was able to do, right? The A.J. Brown adjustment on that beautiful touchdown catch, Jalen Hurts running wild all over the place. That's players making plays, right? That That's not... There were so many, so many, so many, so many plays made by players. The fact that the, the defense is played as well as they did in those conditions they played as well as they could but whenever you're playing on ice right the defenders are at a disadvantage because they're having to react and then they're sliding 
where the offensive player knows where they're going. And if you're literally playing on the slipperiest surface in Super Bowl history since the Ice Bowl, yeah, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. And, but even though you had two defenses playing at the top of the sport, the total went over 70. And the only way that's possible is when you have big-time playmakers making big-time plays in big-time moments. And we had that over and over and over again. In fact, the two first drives of the Super Bowl were the two most exciting, best-executed first drives in any Super Bowl I remember. Yeah. Historically, the Super Bowl starts slow, right? Yes. You're feeling out punches, and they didn't hold shit. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, these these guys are starting off hot. Yeah, they swung out. And you loved it. That's one of the things that I loved so much about this Super Bowl as opposed to Super Bowl's past, right? Forever it felt like, okay, it's a waiting game. We want to make this a third quarter game. We want to make this a fourth quarter game. And Philly especially came out and said, nah, fuck that. We want it now. Man, I it blew my hair back. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Oh, that first half was incredible. Not that the second half wasn't, but that first half was unreal. Yeah. Adjustments made at halftime by Kansas City. Made the difference. Yeah, it helps when you have a guy like 15. There's There are no words. I think Jalen Hurts tightened up. I think when the ball flew out behind him, yeah. out of his hand, I think that was a sign that he did tighten up, right? He was a, he was a tennis player with looking at match point. He was a golfer staring down a, a, a tournament-winning putt, and you just you get tight in certain moments. Maybe be the first time he's ever really felt that that particular moment on him. And it's why so many teams can get to the Super Bowl. They can make a run in really their first thrust, but they rarely ever take it all the way to to a win. Right? You, you had the Patriots did it against the Rams. There's a handful of occasions where a team has actually made a run for the first time and and actually held a Lombardi Trophy when it was all said and yep. done. Typically, it takes an, a year. To, to make your first thrust and then you get a, you get acclimated to the whole experience and and then the following year you're really 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 ready. Well, I think that the, the the big thing for the Eagles, right, is you've opened a window and as long as Howie continues to do what Howie does, the window's going to open and close if you I mean, you know, swing and miss on a couple things here and there. The windows are not as open as Anybody wants to acknowledge? I mean, I know Burrow said the window is going to be open his whole career, and that's true. I'm, 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 I'm not saying that it's not, but at the same time, how open that window is drastically changes when you pay your quarterback fifty plus million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, Matt, here is the and one of my buddies on on Twitter. I think he goes by the Kingdom. Tweeted something out the other day that made me laugh, but it's so hilariously fucking accurate. That sounds like a Chiefs fan, by the way. Uh, yeah, big big Chiefs guy. And so he's a sizable following, but I'm, it made me laugh because he tweeted out something because everybody was complaining like, oh, like, do we need a middle class for NFL quarterbacks? Quarterback contracts are getting way out of hand. Do we need to step in and do something? And I'm pretty sure he quote tweeted or responded some, something of the sort where he goes, I am here for any and all situations where other teams have to pay their quarterback like they're Patrick Mahomes without having Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> And it just made me laugh because, yeah, that's what you're doing, right? Like, whether it's Burrow, whether it's Herbert, whoever, whoever, take your pick, Josh Allen, whoever you want it to be. As soon as you have to pay your quarterback like they're Patrick Mahomes and then ask them to go do what he just did, 
you're going to find out really, really quickly that that dude that wears 15 in Kansas City is five standard deviations away from anyone else we've ever seen. That that good. I mean, there's there's nothing like him. And he's still behind Brady in terms of Super Bowls won at age 27. It's 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 two to three. And that's the crazy part, right? Is ultimately long term, we're going to look back on Mahomes' career at, and have whatever discussion it is that we have. The craziest part about his career as opposed to Brady's is Brady's coach always made life easy for him from the defensive side of the ball. Andy Reid is making life easy for Mahomes on the offensive side of the ball. And then when they get into desperation mode and he's flinging, like, if you really want to see how good a quarterback Patrick Mahomes is, go back and watch the Super Bowl that they got decimated in against Tampa Bay and look at how many footballs hit receivers in the hands and in the face mask. The fact that that game was even remotely competitive for 10 minutes was impossible. He was behind one of the worst O-lines you'll ever see. Like th- That line was significantly worse than the one that Cincinnati brought to the Super Bowl last year. And the fact that that game was ever even competitive for five minutes was entirely him. Like you can't, it's, hard, it's hard to look at a stat sheet and understand how good someone's been. That being said, there is the Mahomes method, which, you know, contrary, used to be called the Sam Darnold method for bad stats. This is the Mahomes method for good stats. If you look at a stat, and Mahomes is in the far right corner, has the biggest bar, whatever it is, probably a pretty reasonable stat. Because, I mean, you're looking at, this is a career that we probably will never see again. Like, it was hard to accept Brady's. Jesus Christ, can you stop? No, no. Because we're, I mean, what we're seeing is crazy. Matt, you're talking about a $50 million quarterback that just won a Super Bowl. That does not happen, ever. We've talked about it. It doesn't happen. Manning did it once, getting carried to it. Brady never did it as a $50 million. What was Matthew Stafford making a couple of years ago? Matthew Stafford made $32 million. Like, like allocation of the amount of money that Mahomes occupies for Kansas City and the fact that he's able to be worth more to them than that is impossible. Like, there is not a number big enough for him. It, it, it's it's a one-of-one Enjoy what you're seeing. Well, like I, 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 I don't like talking in absolutes, but I'm confident that we will probably never see anything like this ever again. Bears took Trubisky over him. Bears took Trubisky over him, and my, and Watson went before him too. Just, just I just love Ben. It's fun. It is fun. It's a fun thing to mention. Looking at all the players that are trending right now in the NFL, all from the Super Bowl, right? You get Jason Kelsey. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Hurts, Mahomes. Can you guess? the NFL player that didn't play in the Super Bowl that's currently trending most? Derek Carr. <laughs> yes. Ding, 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 ding. Nice job. Way to go. I think we get the correct answer sound effect. We, I know we have a correct answer sound effect in here. Come on now. <laughs> there it is. So. What is your speculation on the landing position for Derek Carr? It feels very New Orleans. Mm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, by the way. Like This is the example of what happens when you lose a Hall of Fame coach, you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback, and the roster is still relatively competitive, but you don't have the guys that win you those close games anymore. Like... 
Breeze and Peyton probably won them three to four games a year that they had no business winning between the two of them, one or the other. Okay. And the problem is now that turns you from a ten and six team or ten and seven team to a you know six and eleven team. And the problem is bringing in Derek Carr does not change that. That doesn't move the needle enough in New Orleans. It, it helps Chris Olave in fantasy. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I was just say for fantasy football, it's a great thing. But in real life, like you're paying thirty five plus. Well, I wouldn't say. Well, hold on. You you with these superlatives? Jesus, could you? Wow, you really woke up on the hyperbole side of the bed today. Wow. Nitro cold. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Mahomes, one of one for all time. Derek Carr is great. No, I said great for all. Jesus Christ. I said great for their pass catchers. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't even think that's true. Derek Carr is just fine. He's He's an upgrade over Andy Dalton, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though Andy Dalton... Did have a top five fantasy season and fantasy points per game. Once upon a time, Derek Carr's never done that. But Derek Carr would be a nice upgrade for Chris Olave. Basically, it helps one guy. There's one guy. Well, no, there's there's Chris Olave himself plus all the dynasty leaguers that have Chris Olave. That's pretty much it. In terms of wins and losses, yeah. That that's it's it feels like a very New Orleans move where they're trying to galvanize the fan base again and be like, hey, we brought in this new shiny toy. I just the thing about it is, is he that shiny? No, he seems no. really dull. No, no, this is the the quarterback conundrum if you're a GM. So this is, I mean, we've we've got to stop treating GM jobs like they're head coaching jobs, and. In fans' eyes, to an extent, they're the same, right? They're year-to-year jobs, but they're really not. A general manager's job is over a window, and it's really a four- to five-year window that we've tried to shorten to a two- to three-year window. And the thing is, you have no idea what what some of these draft, especially late-round, draft picks are going to turn into until year two, three, four, right? Like, it's clear now that certain draft picks are misses that were high draft picks. They're not clear on draft day, right? Like, you can't... You can't look at someone year one and be like, oh, they are a finished product. This is exactly what you're going to get. I think that's the biggest problem, kind of adjusting our scope for head coach versus court or versus general manager. Your head coach is a year-to-year job. A general manager is essentially over a period of time. And I think that's that's the tough part for New Orleans, right? Like Mickey Loomis pushed the can out forever, kicked the can down the road forever. And... They have to pay that tax now. The question becomes, can Derek Carr be the answer? I don't think so. I don't. And that middle class of quarterbacks is a really tough pill to swallow when you have to pay him $35 million. If you have, like, the thing is, if you have a Derek Carr on a rookie contract, perfectly fine. Not an issue. No issues whatsoever. If you have to pay Derek Carr $35, $40 million to go toe-to-toe with Mahomes and Herbert and you know like the dogs in the AFC good luck I mean it's it's a tall order to begin with it's an even taller order when you're trying to pay him like he's one of those guys and he's very clearly not so the the question then is you know are you willing to start over are you willing to say okay no I'm not paying this guy you know $40 $40 million, even though we know he's capable of leading a franchise, even though we know he's an R.A. quarterback. Yeah, I mean, how much time did the Raiders waste with Derek Carr just sitting there? He's a new 
tarnished toy. There you go. Great. Oh, word. there it is. Great word. Yes, yes. Great. He's very. He's super tarnished. Matt, you're paying five hundred dollars. You're paying retail price for a PlayStation Five and getting a PlayStation Three. That's it. That's it. It's like, oh, the graphics just aren't quite. It's not great. I think it's New Orleans. So then, where, where, where? What direction are the Jets gonna go? I, I, based on every report we can find, they seem to be all in on Rodgers, which is, you, you like. We found this out last year, right? If plan A is Aaron Rodgers, congratulations, Denver Broncos, right? And it doesn't work out. Your pivot plan cannot be Mike White. Like, I don't know what they do, right? Like, they're not going to lure Brady out of retirement. He's never going to put on a fucking Jets jersey. Like, what mm. What do you do? Pop quiz, hotshot. Do you know how many 20 fantasy point games Aaron Rodgers had last year? Zero. Fucking zero. Zero. This is what a washed player looks like. And I think it makes more sense. For the Jets, it makes much more real football sense than it does for any kind of fantasy value. Like, Rodgers is a QB1. Is the, Those days are over. Deep ball completion percentage outside the top 15. Pressured completion percentage outside the top 15. Can, can, you, I mean, can you imagine saying these things about Aaron Rodgers? Like... Literally before last year, back to back league MVP. Like, <laughs> yeah, his money throws were outside the top ten. Yeah, for the first time I can remember. It's just a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback who doesn't have his own health and nutrition company. Yeah, it's not Brady. No one is. That's it. That's all it is. Why would they do? There's just not a great op. Is the- there are no great options, Matt? That's there's, it. I- there's no middle class. There's, I'm just like, what do you got? God. I mean, anything, literally any quarterback in the league is an upgrade over the worst quarterback in the NFL, Zach Wilson, including Joe Flacco, including Mike White. But those are also bottom of the barrel. You know, you know who's going to be a free agent? Case Keenum. If they end up with Case Keenum, that would technically be an upgrade. You know what's going to happen, Matt. We've seen this a million fucking times. You know what's gonna happen. You've already seen it. Pull out, pull out the crystal ball. It's Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. We all know it's Jimmy Garoppolo. We all, Ugh. yeah. What about Tannehill? I mean, it depends on what the Titans do. Tannehill would be an upgrade. Tannehill would be a significant upgrade. Tannehill would would cost less, be easier to acquire. I, it, I, it's just Darren. This is exactly where you don't want to be. If you're the Jets right now. You desperately need a quarterback, and everyone knows it. And you don't have the draft pick to go get one. Like, like if if what are they going to do? Draft Anthony Richardson? God help you. Like, you're going to trade up for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Get the checkbook out. Good luck. Like, they're stuck. They're stuck. This is what happens when you don't move off a quarterback soon enough. You saw two years. It was enough. Get the fuck out. Get out. That's so true. This is what happens when you can consistently commit yourself to, oh, but he's getting better. Yeah, who gives a shit? You know who would be a better free agent signing than Case Keenum? Not in the same tier, but in the next tier down, just, just one tier down from Ryan Tannehill, Gardner Minshew.
as of right now, this very second, there is another quarterback in New York that is technically a free agent. Daniel Jones. You think Daniel Jones is leaving the Giants? Didn't he earn the, the uh, a basically a Ryan Tannehill level contract with New York? The highest bidder, man. Like I said, it's more important to be free than to be great. Because if you're a free agent, you can go to the highest bidder. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's more important to be free than to be great. Because if you're great, they control you for seven years. Good luck. Like, <laughs> You think it's worth the money? That What do you think the contract that Daniel Jones is going to command? My guess is it's probably $30 million a year-ish with guarantees into year two, but that's about it. And if you're running the Jets franchise, you think that's a good investment? You think that's wise? Fuck no. Right? I'm saying it would be better. You'd be better off trying to acquire Tannehill at value, trying to sign a guy like Gardner Minshew at value, and be competitive and see what happens. If you go out and spend all that money on Daniel Jones, that's just that's a poor use of resources, and it sets you up to fail for the next five years. I am not... Well, one day I hope to be in a front office. It's a terrible situation to be in. There's no easy answer here. If I were running the Jets, I would be trying to make a prudent decision and try to get the most wins for the dollar from my quarterback. Or the exact opposite. And and go making up a splash signing of a quarterback that's not good enough to win a championship with, but is good enough to, say, get you to the you know, divisional round of the playoffs, that's not the way to go. You don't want to be the Tennessee Titans. Or do you go the exact opposite route? You sign, you, you call Seattle, grab Drew Locke, probably lose a couple more games than you should, and go get yourself Caleb Williams, Drake May, one or the other, in 2024. What I'm saying is, if you if you went out and signed a Gardner Minshew, yeah, then you could then have the option of drafting a quarterback the following year, signing a quarterback the following year. The class is better; it's it yeah. most likely will be better. Yeah, so that that gives you flexibility. Whereas if you go and lock in a Daniel Jones, your flexibility for 2024 and 2025 has been vaporized. And that flexibility is very valuable. The flexibility is valuable because of what you saw the Cardinals do when they moved off of Rosen immediately. Like, like It's like we've said. Having the number one overall pick, having a top five pick in different years has drastically different value. Of course, number one this year is great. I would be doing, and I hope, this clip, I, I, hope I make it to a front office one day and, and this clip gets replayed forever because I don't care. I would openly be tanking for Caleb Williams. Openly. I don't give a shit. The Jets are too good to tank. The team is too talented. They can't tank. I'm not talking about the Jets. I'm saying anybody that that is in that that I don't know what to do with my quarterback, I'm openly tanking for Caleb Williams. Openly. Well, yes. Openly. Well, I don't even give a shit. We we agree on that. That's that, assuming you're 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 at a talent deficit and and you're tanking is an option. But I just but you agree it's not for the Jets. You forget and we can go back to this over and over again. They won a goddamn meaningless motherfucking game three years ago, and it's the reason they don't have Trevor Lawrence. I forgot about that. Trevor Lawrence should be a New York Jet. Do you think that San Francisco would listen to people trying to trade for Trey Lance? I don't think they would listen to Trey Lance, but I think they would listen to Purdy. 
they have too much invested in Lance at this point. And like you can't you can't trade three first rounders for a guy, get basically three and a half starts out of him, and then you know kick him to the curb. I just like I don't believe that they can do that. I just got Trey Lance at the fourteen fifteen turn in best ball because of that particular logic. Whoa, whoa! It's not going to be Purdy, man. It can't be. I mean, it might be if Trey Lance gets injured again, then it'll be Purdy. But it, it, I don't think Purdy winning the job in training camp is possible. No, it's not a reasonable scenario. I can't see it. I'm mean, closing my eyes. Can I admit? No, I can't imagine it. Can't. No, this is not Russell Wilson taking Matt Flynn's job before the season. It's not. That's not what we're doing here. And the thing is, as as good as Purdy was, they made his life so easy. And I mean, Garoppolo's life in San Francisco has been so easy. I mean, his accuracy rating, pretty good. But the ill-advised throws and the hospital balls that he would throw, getting Kittle injured and others, it's just it's embarrassing. Embarrassing given the weaponry and, and given the, how easy they make the, the, the sport for that quarterback. We talked about this in the preseason, and we were discussing whether or not we thought Trey Lance could do something for Brandon Ayuk that Garoppolo couldn't. Do you understand how fucking bad you have to be to make Brandon Ayuk look that incompetent last year? Like, come on, dude. Come on, dude. The Garoppolo side of this is, like, it's, I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the league by a wide stretch, but among the starters, if you're paying him $30-plus million, you're not, getting a dollar, you're not getting anything for your money. So do you think the Jets end up with Garoppolo, or if you had to pick a place for Garoppolo to land— where would it be? Who is the leader in the clubhouse to get Garoppolo as if that's an achievement? I think it's the Jets. There's the Robert Sala connection. Yeah. It's, it is an upgrade. Well, if you're replacing nothing, then that makes you something. Who do you think's better? Jimmy Garoppolo or Gardner Minshew? Depends how much I'm paying him. <laughs> For the money, give me Gardner. I, I, money or not, I think in a vacuum, I prefer Gardner Minshew. Really? It's Jimmy Garoppolo! <laughs> What are we talking? We've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo on a bad team. Imagine how bad he'll look in a bad team. Yeah. Now it's time for a new segment: top team breakdowns, breaking down the contracts for the top teams that are going to be Super Bowl contenders in 2023. After this, now we talked about Kenny Gainwell at length. At the Top 10 Takeaways show, we've talked about it on this show, and we are sponsored by Prediction Strike. It is the platform that treats players like stocks, and, and you can invest in them, and they go up and they go down. Kenny Gainwell is the one player, the one player that's made a significant move who was playing in the Super Bowl. It's not like Patrick Mahomes improved his value. His valuation was already near the top of the sport. Kelsey, top of the sport, top of the position at the top of the sport. Kenny Gainwell was the big mover on prediction strike from all of the skill position players in the Super Bowl throughout the playoffs, starting from the divisional round through the Super Bowl. In the last month on prediction strike, Kenny Gainwell's stock has risen 87%. Oh, so that is those the one player that you could have invested in on the Eagles, in addition to Devontae Smith, who's seen a major accrual of value throughout the playoffs, but Kenny Gainwell's stock has has risen even more than Devontae Smith's by percentage, by percentage. So that's just a, that's an interesting nugget, a little factoid 
from Prediction Strike. Our friends over there, they sponsor this show, and their promo code is UNDERWORLD. You put in just 20 bucks, and you get a free player share. When you sign up on Prediction Strike, go to the App Store, get Prediction Strike, and use that promo code UNDERWORLD. You'll be glad you did. Now, the teams that will be competitive for the Super Bowl in 2023 are the Chiefs, are the Bengals, Eagles, Bills. It's pretty much it. <laughs> it's pretty, we, have some, we have some bonus sleepers, some bonus sleepers. I think with Trey Lance, if Trey Lance ascends, then it's, it's got to be the 49ers too. So you've got to add the San Francisco 49ers in there. And then we might have a couple sleepers. I have a sleeper, you have a sleeper that will add to this mix of teams. Coming up after this. So we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs looking at their impending free agents. It starts with Orlando Brown, right? That's their big, hairy, expensive free agent. Do you think they bring him back? I just don't think the cost is worth it, given what they're working with. They probably either draft and develop or they'll find a project for left tackle because the money's going to be spent elsewhere. Andrew Wiley, he's their right tackle. Can he move to left tackle? I don't think they're going to move him to left tackle. I think he's going to stay at right tackle, but I I think he gets paid. He's a free agent. I think he gets paid. He only made two point five million last year. You think he's that he's going to be the one they sign? Yeah, I think they're he, he, value wise, he's going to be a lot better value than Orlando Brown will, and I think that's why they sign him. Okay, so Kansas City, you're predicting they extend Andrew Wiley, mm-hmm. and then on defense, they have an out in Frank Clark's contract because I owe him twenty million dollars. So it's an easy out in his contract, but you believe that he stays? I think he stays. It's it's okay. too difficult to replace what he does, especially. Playoff clutch moments. I mean, Frank Clark's your guy. Yeah. I didn't see much of Frank Clark in the playoffs. Well, <laughs> Is that because he was just absorbing multiple offensive linemen from that three technique? Yeah, basically. Him and Chris Jones, man. No, but Chris Jones is actually making plays. Frank Clark is about to turn 30, and he's owed $20.5 million in base salary, and his cap hit is $30 million. But there's only $9 million of dead cap. So they would save $20 million against the cap by cutting Frank Clark. You still contend that they're going to keep him. I think they. I still think they keep him. It's probably a restructure because I don't think they're going to take on 20-plus million this year. But okay. So they'll restructure Frank Clark. I think so. I believe they should cut him. You believe they will restructure. I think so. And that's partly because they're likely to lose Carlos Dunlap, who is 34, and an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. But didn't they draft Karloftis? So they have Karloftis. So... This plan to go get a treasure trove of picks from Miami to rebuild the secondary, right? They lost Charvarius Ward, and they've, uh, you know, about to lose Carlos Dunlap, and then they're they're just backfilling, right? Hey, McDuffie, come on down. Yep. Right, Karloftis, come on down. No problem. Easy answers, right? Yep. I mean, I can't believe that they set it up this way. This is the beauty of accepting a godfather offer for a player. Every player other than the the quarterbacks at the top of the sport, can be acquired if you pay enough, right? No players other than just maybe a handful of guys, like five guys, are technically off limits. And someone calls and they want to talk about Tyreek Hill, the lesson that you learn is you listen. And if they do want to make a godfather offer, you take it. Yeah, You take the picks and you let a team overpay the player that – you know, you weren't going to be able to afford anyway. 
right? We, we see this time and time and time again. Teams trading first rounders for the rights to overpay someone. And if someone wants to do that, you accept it every time, even if it seems like a player that is so strategically important, you couldn't possibly win the Super Bowl without them. As it turns out, if it's not Mahomes or Josh Allen, you can still win the Super Bowl without him. The, there are like five or six untouchable quarterbacks in this sport, and everybody else is tradable. They're all tradable. They're all tradable. It's not only setting yourself up for success in what was a transitionary year this year, the Chiefs set themselves up for success in 2023 and 2024, 2025. When looking at the list of free agents they have, it's just Orlando Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. And the thing is, we've look, there's no discussion anymore about whether Mahomes can carry a parts bin of receivers and Travis Kelsey to a Super Bowl because he's done it now. Yeah. Like, there is no question. There's no, oh, well, we think he can. He might be able to. No, he did it. So, yeah. Yeah, he did it, and and it, it, it it's Brown, Smith-Schuster, and Wiley. And you have three guys that you want to re-sign. Smith-Schuster's not going to be expensive because he's a one-dimensional slot receiver. Those players do not command significant salaries and free agency, so they can easily re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster at value, and then they're going to have to decide between Wiley and Brown. We've decided they're likely going to go and extend Wiley and let Brown walk. They're going to save... million by letting Orlando Brown walk, but a lot of that money is just going to shift over to Wiley. But then they're going to save, you know, $1.5 million, losing Ronald Jones, losing Michael Burton, losing uh, Miko Hardman, Jarek McKinnon. There's a lot of $1.2, $1.5, $1.8 million salaries that they're going to stack up with you know, Justin Watson, you go down the board of all these players making a million plus dollars that they're likely going to lose, and they're going to have a, a allocation of funds to afford maybe another key piece. Matt, how did the Kansas City Chiefs replace Tyreek Hill? Because they had to. And it wasn't with Valdez Scantling, and it wasn't with Juju Smith-Schuster. How'd they replace him? They went and got Pat Mahomes a fucking offensive line. The difference between 2021, what they threw out there against Tampa, and what they threw out there this past Sunday against one of the best pass rushes in the league. That's right. They shifted those funds to offensive line. And the thing is, like, there are a there are a group of quarterbacks that you can say the pass catchers don't matter for, right? You need a number one. That's going to be true no matter who you are. The Bills have a one. The Bengals have two ones. The Chiefs have a one. He just happens to play tight end. If your quarterback is in that class, which there are, like we said, maybe five or six of them, your offensive line can save your quarterback the extra second, half second, to throw to whoever the fuck it is. What do we always talk about on the show? We always talk about this on the show, that offensive line needs to be a priority. That's your priority. When you're building a franchise, when you're sitting there at, pick six and you're the Miami Dolphins and you're choosing between Penny Sewell and Jalen Waddle, the decision should be, should be easy. The only thing is, you know, if you have a superstar quarterback and you're, you're looking for that one true one and they're there. Sure. All, by all means, Jalen Waddle was never going to be that. Sorry. But it's so, it's so smart. It's so smart to say, Hey, we're going to take this money. And instead of going out and, spending it on a lesser Tyreek Hill, 
We said, no, we're going to reallocate this to the offensive line. Yeah, and look at the results. It is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, an assortment of tight ends behind Kelsey no one's ever heard of, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco came out like he shot out of a cannon. The man just runs violent. You love to see it. But also, again, the offensive line is the difference, right? We've been preaching this forever. Running backs are replaceable if you do what you should do along your offensive line. The reason Saquon Barkley was valuable to the New York Giants, their line fucking sucked. No wonder no one else could do what he could do. Build the line, and I promise you a fifth-round running back will come in this year and give you 80% of Saquon Barkley. What are we doing here? That Orlando Brown signing was so huge. Yeah, and the thing is now they're not going to pay him $20 million because they're too smart to do that. They're just going to draft one in round one, even if they have to move up to get him. They did it fucking two years ago with Creed Humphrey. I'm still mad at the Rams about that. They're going to run this back. Yeah. They're poised to run this back. And the thing is they got over the boogeyman. Buffalo's got to be fucking terrified of them. Because they can't beat them when it matters. They got over the Cincinnati boogeyman. Like, the Eagles are a better roster, top to bottom, by a significant margin. And I'm not saying the field conditions didn't play into it a bit because the pass rushes couldn't get going, whatever. I'm, I'm, but both teams had to play on that field, right? That's an argument for a different day about how god-awful that fucking field was. They won. You mentioned the Bills. I did. They're in a situation where Jordan Poyer... Jordan Phillips, Tyler Matakevich, and Tremaine Edwards are all free agents. So they're going to lose some defenders. Yep. They can't afford them all, and they're going to have to backfill those defenders from the NFL draft, and, and they've been successfully doing that for years. So I think that they're going to do a, a lot of the same types of moves from the same playbook as the Kansas City Chiefs, and then, like the Chiefs, they have a key offensive lineman who's about to hit free agency, but Roger Saffold's about to be 35 years old. Yeah. that's a, And the thing is, like, mid to late 30s offensive lineman. Yeah, Saffold's a really good player. Like, no question in my mind he could still do it. Most of those defenders, by the way, were in their 30s anyway, so you let all these defenders go, you backfill them from the draft, you take the money that you're saving on Saffold, and that's going to be coming from losing a couple of these defenders, and... Do you believe that they should follow the same playbook, as I mentioned, and then use that money to go sign, who knows, Orlando Brown, maybe? So the the Bills method and the Chiefs method are going to be a little bit different only because Andy Reid offensive coach, Sean McDermott defensive coach. I think they should take the approach that the Pats did under under Belichick and Brady, where it's, hey, we have our quarterback. We'll surround him with weapons. We'll pay for an offensive line. But we're just going to draft and draft and draft and draft and draft defenders and churn through them because our coach is good enough to know if these defenders can play early on or not. We'll let someone else overpay them in free agency, and then eventually we'll get some of our guys back on that second, third contract because now Buffalo, as as funny as it is to say, Buffalo is a destination that people want to play because you're going to play you know, for divisional, for, in divisional rounds. You're going to potentially play in AFC championship games. I think their method is going to be a little bit different than what Kansas City does because, you know, they do need they do desperately need it too, Matt. Like they that's where the divergence between Allen Mahomes exists. Juju Smith-Schuster is not changing life in Buffalo, but Gabe Davis is not either. So get my guy a two. Get him some help, go draft somebody 
continue to invest in the O-line, and then draft defenders. Because it's, I mean, the offense is basically built. They needed two, and that's about it. All right, so the Bills should invest in defense other than maybe a second-round wide receiver. Yep. And use that money to go steal Orlando Brown from the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals, they're the next team, right, in the AFC. Yes, they are. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. They also have free agent defenders, two of their safeties, Bell and Bates, plus Eli Apple, mm-hmm. all free agents. And Between those players, you're looking at more than $20 million. So they need to also extend T. Higgins. So, so what are they going to do? They have to make this choice. And I was talking to Scott Connor, who's plugged in in Cincinnati. He believes that they're going to mix and match and play the field with their defense, mm-hmm. right? Try to uh, put something together using, you know, duct tape and super glue. Yeah. And re-sign and extend T. Higgins. That's the speculation from Scott Connor. Do you believe that that's the direction they're going to go? Or are you hearing these rumors that, that Higgins is on the move and you're, you're taking those to heart? So basically, the speculation around Higgins is because of his agent. And yes, they have had issues in Cincinnati working out deals with this particular agent before. That being said, I don't think they're letting T. Higgins walk for any amount of money. Um, Von Bell, of of the guys that you mentioned, Von Bell is the one that I think will be back. And I think they're going to start Daxton Hill. So I think that means Bates moves on. Well, didn't didn't Bates poison the well, though, holding out until the start of week one? Yeah, he was a franchise tag. That was a mercenary contract franchise tag for a year. Um, but, you know, there's only so much that you can do as the Bengals at this moment to avoid, quote-unquote, going all in. Like, you have two years. This is it. This is it. Allen's getting paid a fuck ton of money. Mahomes is getting paid a fuck ton of money. Herbert's about to be paid a fuck ton of money. Burrow, same situation. There's just not a lot of money coming off the books to improve the team. Right. And so they basically have to shift the Bates money over to Higgins and run it back. But the thing is, they don't have to pay Higgins until next year. So that's that's where the, the, because it's going to functionally be an extension. Right. So they have him at what he makes this year. And that's why this is the year that you go all in, because the following year you have to extend Chase and Burrow. Right. You're, you're talking about a lot of money that comes up very quickly. This is your two-year window. Everything you got, it does not matter what you have to... Overpaying in this window, just for these two years, is okay as long as you understand what you're doing. So who should they go out and acquire? My personal... The biggest thing, right tackle. Dear God, man. Like, you've got, you've got to go get somebody because it's... Health is a big part of it, right? Like, they were down three offensive linemen when they went into Buffalo. They were down two offensive linemen when they went into Kansas City, and we, we understand all of that. Over-invest at this point. Over-invest in tackle. Over-invest in guard. Over-invest in DB, in all honesty. Who are they playing at right tackle? Was it Adenogy? A yeah, Kikim Adenogy was just... <laughs> Overwhelmed. Overmatched. Oh, dude. I mean, Frank Clark had that man in hell. Like, yeah, you, you can't... You're beyond the point where you can ask Burrow to perform miracles for you every week, and you you need to save them for AFC Championship games and divisional rounds, and you can't ask him to do that fucking week four. Sorry. 
it, we're, we're beyond that. We're to the point where we're asking, I think we're asking too much of him at this moment. Yes, he made it to the Super Bowl with a horrible offensive line. How many more times do you think he's going to do that? It's not realistic. It's just not. Let's look at the NFC. Start with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. This is another team that has defenders that are coming off the books. Jimmy Ward, Samson Ebukam, Emmanuel Mosley, all coming off the books. But then they also have Mike McClinchy as a free agent. So they they got to bring back McClinchy, right? If not, that's a prime Cincinnati candidate right there. I mean, Mike McClinchy, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? Oh, that's it. That's a dream. That's what they should do. Yeah. That's what all-in means. All-in means you go spend up for McClinchy when you have this one year left before you have to pay Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. Yep. That's it. I love it. Yeah. But they, they really... They, they should try to sign him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should. I mean, hey, hey, uh, hey, John Lynch, uh, pro tip, uh, go tr- try to sign Mike McClinchy. He's important. <laughs> he might be all He's right. important. Yeah. But they're going to, they're going to, they could do the same thing. They could, they could go to the same playbook that we talked about earlier with Kansas City. Hey, let a couple defenders walk. Same thing with, with the Bengals. Let a couple defenders walk and use that money to invest in the offensive line. That's really what we're saying. Time and time and time again, this is the right move, the optimal move. The question is, do you think McGlinchey makes more on the open market than Orlando Brown? That's the functional question that you're asking if you're Cincinnati and if you're San Francisco because he can play left or right tackle. He only played left tackle in Kansas City because they asked him to, one, and two, because he wanted to be paid as a left tackle, not a right tackle. But in all honesty, like when he was in Baltimore, he was a right tackle the entire time. I love this idea of the most competitive teams trying to snipe offensive linemen from each other. Yeah, dude, the, the Cincinnati led the the reason that we were all in on Cincinnati is they took they do what no team ever does, which is hey, this is our biggest weakness is interior offensive linemen. And we're going to sign Kappa and we're going to go get Karras and they, they just completely said fuck it. We'll spend the money. We're not going to do this again. And yes, two of them got hurt. That's just part of it's a war of attrition. That's the, it's the way that it goes, right? There's nothing that we can do about that. You you can't predict players getting hurt. They spent the money and they were right to do it. The di- the difference between and here's really where you saw it pay off, right? Obviously, I watched the Bengals probably more than any team other than the Rams. The when you saw it pay off was when Chase and Higgins were off the field. And Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor were fucking up teams because Joe Burrow had the time, right? Like, that week 11, 12, 13, whenever it was, right? When Chase was banged up and Higgins was out. They were fucking people. Joe was throwing for like 303 touchdowns with Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor. That's where you saw the value in them investing in offensive line. And then you get Chase and Higgins back, and God bless them, we really didn't get to see the whole team fully gel together other than brief moment at the end of the season, which is unfortunate end of the regular season, because in the playoffs they had too too many O linemen hurt. That's why you invest in O line. It makes the entire offense easier. And that's what the best teams are doing. Yeah. The best teams have this arms race for right and left tackles. And the rest of the the NFL is overpaying for I mean cornerbacks and safeties and this and that where the best teams they're 
constantly shedding defensive contracts and building a war chest to try to go after these critical pieces on the offensive line. And the the Chiefs were able to do it right under everybody's nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they... Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's a testament, one, to what Andy Reid is as a play caller, what Mahomes is as a quarterback, but also what Brett Veach is as a GM, right? Like, losing Tyreek Hill, especially a one-of-one weapon. There's no one like him in the sport. Like, you can't just go find another one. There, there's not, there's not like, it's not like you can go into the draft and be like, oh, we found our next Tyreek Hill. No, he doesn't exist, right? <laughs> and so for them to pivot and be like, okay, we'll get the parts bin of Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster and we'll bring back Jarek McKinnon and, you know, create a parts bin plus Kelsey and then invest in the O-line and this is the result, right? Like, what a job. Yeah. Now, I believe that the the Cowboys will be competitive they should be in the same class, considered in the same class as the Eagles and the 49ers. I, you disagree. I think they're more of a sleeper. And I'll ask you for your sleeper in a minute. I think there's a tear down for me. But yeah, they're they're firmly pushing. Yeah. But the, I think they're well positioned because they're going to likely let a move tight end, a very replaceable move tight end in Dalton Schultz, who guaranteed that he would not be back with Dallas with those final two plays in the playoffs where he... Couldn't get his other foot in bounds somehow. He, he, he basically was like a like a high school player dropped into the NFL and thinking, oh yeah, that that's a catch. And they're like, no, actually, you know what? I don't think that you got two feet in. No, he didn't. Dude, <laughs> he didn't actually get two feet in. You hate to see it. And then it's like, oh, I'm out of bounds. I'm out of bounds. I'm good. Like, no, you you weren't moving forward. You were moving backwards when you were out of bounds. The, the clock's gonna still run. So Schultz fucked them at the end. He's gone. Because he's already replaceable. Then he fucked him in the playoffs. Then Anthony Brown, also replaceable. There's another five plus million dollars. Dante Fowler, bust. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're gonna. There's three million dollars there. So they got like twenty million dollar war chest from replaceable assets. They're gonna roll off the books. And then it's just another defender, Van Der Esch. They'll bring him back. He's like you know the the heartbeat of the defense. Anthony Barr. So they're gonna they're gonna. Bunch of defenders again rolling off the books, and I'm interested to know what you think they're going to do with the money. Well, they should have just used it to pay Amari Cooper, but that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for a different day. Wow. Um, wide receiver, by the way, we we went into this wide receiver free agency this year is oh boy rough. Yeah, we know. Yeah, it's it's Juju, it's Jacoby Myers, Paris Campbell, DJ Chark. So they're if they if they're looking for another receiver, they're going to the draft. So they should draft another receiver. They should absolutely. I agree. I agree. That's what they should do. So where where where, where do you think this money should be spent? Offensive line. <laughs> yeah, because they need to get younger. I mean, yeah, the, their line is aging rather quickly. It's it, I mean the the line that Dak inherited in 2016 is aging rather quickly, and like a lot of those guys, still really really good players. But you'd rather move on from them a year early than a year late. And if you draft and develop now, you don't necessarily have to make that decision immediately. Wow, like, so this is a really great time to be Mike McClinchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The equivalent of Mike McGlinchy and Orlando Brown being available in the tackle class this year. It would be like if we dropped Devontae Smith into the wide receiver pool for, for this year. Like, somebody's going to massively overpay because they're available. That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. And, like... It's great that they're getting paid because they deserve to be paid. Yeah, and then Orlando Brown, that would be like dropping DK Metcalf. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they're available is absurd. (laughs) 
Yeah. Now, do you have a sleeper team that we need to be monitoring their contracts? Yes. Heading into 2023? The team that I am looking at to make that jump is the Jags. Mm. And the reason is because, one, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach, we know he can do it. Trevor Lawrence, generational quarterback, we know he can do it. They took a quarter step further this year than I thought they'd make it. And they're really poised next year because everybody, you know, it's easy to forget until obviously the news broke yesterday that he's applied for reinstatement. Calvin Ridley's going to be part of this team. Yeah. And the draft compensation required to acquire him is nowhere near what it should be for whatever 26, 27 year old alpha number one receiver. Savvy, savvy move. Savvy move. And they knew because they knew we're, we're not competing in 2022, really. You know, it's not like they were going to make a Super Bowl run. But the fact that they get to add Calvin Ridley, right, to Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, the fact that they get ETN back, the fact that, you know, they're going to spend, again, another team, probably going to upgrade some offensive linemen. They are going to have money, too, because just replaceable skill position players, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones, Dan Arnold makes $3 million. Chris Mannertz makes over $3 million. They'll have more than $20 million available just from fully replaceable offensive assets rolling off the books. That's a great place to be. And that's the thing, right? Go get a center. Go get a guard. Go get a tackle. Go the, the, it's your world, right? Like They did this properly. They're the ones that are going to jump in and get Orlando Brown. That's what's going to happen. Watch what happens. Oh, but now we need to talk about, we need to talk about the team that is best positioned in free agency to upgrade their team. The team that has super expensive veterans across the defense rolling off the books, the Philadelphia Eagles, as well positioned as we think the Chiefs are, like they're, they're positioned to keep the trains running on time. Yeah. Right? The Bengals can go as all-in as possible, as all-in as Cincinnati really can ever go all-in. Right. Right? They're going to tepidly go all-in as Cincinnati does. The Eagles, though, they don't have to do anything. They just have to do nothing and let Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, all 30-plus years old, just roll off the books. Amazing. It's amazing. Indomitian Sue, you go down the board, man. James Bradbury. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you, you, I can't, I, I, it, it's, it's more than enough to give Jalen Hurts a $50 million contract. I'm looking at $50 million plus right here. Just with these defenders alone, I'm looking at $55 million just in those top four defenders I listed. There's your money to pay Hurts, plus go get him even more talent on the offensive line or upgrade the defense. This might be the one team where you might say, you know what, you're losing all these defensive pieces. Maybe it is worth spending up for a defensive asset. And they have 10 and 30. Yeah. This team has been built exquisitely. Yeah, this is the best GM job that we've seen in a significant period of time. Because Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes, and they've surrounded him with the talent that has allowed him to go 
blow for blow with him in a Super Bowl. And that, I mean, we can't draft receiver well. All right, we'll take the surest thing ever. We'll take the Heisman Trophy winner, and then we'll go trade for A.J. Brown. Well, then we'll flip another first-round pick that New Orleans wants to give up for God knows what fucking reason. And now we have 10 and 30 in a year that we really need nothing. They have two first-rounders, Anand. They don't They don't need anything. What did, Go look at that roster. What do they need? I know. They're losing <laughs> all these defenders, and they're going to be able to backfill them because they already drafted Jordan Davis. Yeah. They're going to draft a bunch more defenders. I, I'm willing to bet. Yep. 10 and 30 are two big-time playmakers on defense. Yeah, and they can use whatever money they have left over after paying Jalen Hurts on an offensive lineman and then just go right back to the draft because what you want are young, explosive playmakers on defense. Yeah, and I mean, that they're going to have to replace both coordinators at the same time. It's pretty easy to call offense and defense when you have this fucking roster. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I can't believe it. There, there's some kind of cheat code. If if I were starting a franchise, I would ask for all the paperwork we have possible, all the, the logs of every move that's been made the last 10 years in Philadelphia. And I just analyze everything. What are these guys doing? How did they do it? And the thing is, it's the it's flipping 2017's roster, which was also the best in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they, they somehow got Nick Foles a Super Bowl. How do you do that? By having the best talent in every other position across the board. And the other thing, too, is they let a $100 million quarterback spontaneously combust. You drafted his replacement before he combusted. Well, that was controversial. Who else does that? That was controversial. They needed to commit to they needed to commit to Carson Wentz. They they, they basically sowed the seeds of Carson Wentz's demise by drafting his replacement and ruining his confidence. They just they destroyed him. They ruined him. Anand he he couldn't take the heat, the pressure of a of a backup that actually can play. Oh. If you can't handle being, if you can't handle competition, this ain't your sport, my guy. Uh, I, I heard, I heard they wasted that pick on Hertz. Yeah, dude, we heard a lot of things. Remember that, that was that was a fun day at the office. <laughs> that was a great pick. I mean, everything they do is great. And the thing is, it's it's easy to hindsight it and be like, oh, great pick, great pick. At the same time, going forward, use it. Don't. The other part of this is other teams should look at this and learn, right? Like, sure. Jordan Love did not it may not work out for Green Bay. But they had a backup plan in case Rodgers went to hell. But Jordan but 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 but, but Rodgers his feelings were hurt. Who gives a shit? If he sucked the next year you'd have been really glad you drafted him. He just happened to have back to back if you annoyed your franchise quarterback on it, you shouldn't do that. If if annoying my franchise quarterback into back to back MVP seasons is that's absolutely worth the first round draft pick. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a little motivation, a little extra motivation. Yeah, if, if that was the catalyst for back-to-back MVP seasons from a guy whose career looked like it might be falling off a cliff. It has. That's the best draft pick in Green Bay Packers history. Hey, 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 hey. Pop quiz, hotshot. How many uh, 20-point games in fantasy football did Aaron Rodgers put together last season? Not a one.
What's what's the Arlington spot? What are we talking about? So right now they're at Soldier Field, which is basically downtown Loop area. Obviously, you know it well. Yeah. You, you know it well. So they're moving to Arlington Heights. They just closed on the racetrack property yesterday. The timing of that is not a coincidence. What's Arlington Heights? So it's a suburb northwest of Chicago. Why the hell? Why why would they move it? Downtown is so amazing. Because the city of Chicago owns Soldier Field. And the valuation of an NFL franchise, if you own the land slash the stadium, involves the land slash the stadium, right? So now that the McCaskies have bought that plot in Arlington, that is considered part of the valuation of the franchise. Oh, wow. Chicago owns Soldier Field. Yeah. The The city of Chicago owns Soldier Field. Correct. So the Bears have been leasing from the city of Chicago since the 20s. They never, ever owned it. So given that premise, right? If you're going to sell, now you have to evaluate the land into it and the potential stadium costs that would go in. Jesse Bates is gone from Cincy. Jermaine Pratt's probably gone. He's gone. They're not even going to bother to try and resign. They they can't pay Frank Clark $20 million. No. Carlos Dunlap. The fucking crazy part about Kansas City is when you have a demigod quarterback... They functionally replaced Tyreek Hill with an offensive line. And, like, and I mean, the turnover, I mean, because, I mean, we all saw what happened when they played Tampa in, what was that, 21, right? February 21, I think. And then two years later, to have that O-line performance against that kind of defensive line is nothing short of remarkable. Like, so, so Cincinnati has to make a decision between defense and T. Higgins. Oh, they're going to choose T. Higgins. The defense is gone. I mean, Jesse Bates is gone. Jermaine Pratt's gone. Eli Apple's gone. They don't need Eli Apple. Functionally, they don't. The only reason they needed him this year is Awuzie was hurt. Because, I mean, they're going to start Awuzie, Cam Taylor, Britt. Oh, my God, dude. The Eagles are about to free up a ton of salary on Fletcher Cox and Robert Quinn, who are both 32. Right. And Brandon Graham and Javon Hargrave. They're all $13-plus million, and they're all free agents gone. Oh my God, they're going to free up a lot of salary. That's all going to go to Hurts. And then here's the other fun part. They already drafted their replacements. Jordan Davis is already there. What Howie did in the last five years is unbelievable. San Francisco's losing Garoppolo, and Jimmy Ward is, Jimmy Ward's 32, $9 million off the books. Yeah, he's gone. Samson. Ebucom. He's $6 million. One of the better value edge rushers in the league. He was a Ram forever. Really great player. Like him and the the two Rams that I never thought got enough shine were him and John Frank, Franklin Myers. So Brown is gone. That's going to free up salary for what? For Kansas City. My guess is they just continue to draft and develop. Like, because the thing is, like, if you functionally, like, think about it this way, right? Spags is going to give you a defense that bends but doesn't break. And you have an S-tier quarterback and he's proven that you can get replacement parts at receiver and be fine. I mean, they stole so like that that final those last two touchdowns in the Super Bowl were both stolen from the Jags. If you go back and watch Jags at Eagles week four, Doug Peterson was the one that ID'd it. So basically it's a coverage shift. Um, I'll find the, the name for it one sec. So basically what happens is the corner that is responsible, right? for someone going in motion, jet motion, basically. The corner that's responsible in man coverage will replace the safety, right? And the safety will go to the other side to 
essentially cut off the angle for the jet sweep. Because against man coverage, jet sweeps are deadly because you get someone with speed to the edge long before anyone has leverage, right? Like, if someone's moving that fast and you haven't moved yet, you're in big trouble. Yeah, so they save $5 million by cutting Ezekiel Elliott. Do we think they actually do that? But they, they owe him 10 They owe him 11 Do they want? They don't get to... They, they, they save $5 million against the cap and $11 million in cash. I will tell you this. I have it sourced very well that if Bijan's there at 26, they're taking him. Oh, really? And it's going to be a Pollard-Bijan committee? They're trying to Russell Wilson deck, and I don't know why. Where they're trying to take more off of his plate. And, like, it's the exact opposite of when you pay someone 40-plus million dollars where you're like, hey, like, now I need you to carry us. They're trying to do the opposite. And like, I don't know if that's, like, galaxy brain out-of-the-box thinking or if they're just fucking dumb, but it's one of the two. <laughs> like, okay, so I'll, I'll ask you about the Super Bowl, anything interesting from the Super Bowl. You, you'll mention those two plays that were stolen. Yep. And then I want to talk about five teams that I think are the best chance to win next year, which is Kansas City, Dallas, Philadelphia, uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Yeah, I would bump Dallas and put Buffalo in there because the the AFC is fucking loaded. And San Francisco. I don't understand why people... The San Fran debates to me are just weird. They're going to free up a little bit of salary on Safford, Saffold, and Poyer. Um, $15 million. Uh, for Buffalo, but they're not going to free up much money. Uh, the, but basically, all of their free agents are on defense and Crowder. Like they don't have very few free agents, so they're not going to be able to free up much money. The team that's freeing up all the money is the Eagles. So the coverage is called rock and roll. I'll send you this right now, so mm-hmm. so you can see what I'm seeing. And they stole this. So Doug Peterson actually did this in Week Four against them. There's a few players I know that, that are cut candidates. And so Frank Clark has an out. They can't afford to lose him. They could pay him 20, he's $20 million. They can't afford to lose because they can't get anybody anywhere near the same class. Was he playing like a three technique, just trying to absorb two different linemen? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, go look like Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat were sliding all over the place. Like that field was just atrocious. Like it was worse than like a high school football field. It was god awful. They could hold on to Frank Clark. Mahomes on his own is going to get you to the postseason at this point. Like, that's proven and proven. I mean, basically, him himself is going to carry you to the one seed, which is fucking crazy. Well, I guess they're already losing Carlos Dunlap. Frank Clark's going to stay, for sure. Because, I mean, basically, they're just going to keep running it back until they can find a cheaper piece. Do they have the replacement in-house for Orlando Brown? He's 26, and he's making $16-plus million. Can they bring him back? They can. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Just based on the way that they've de- drafted and developed linemen. Prince Tega Winogo is not it. Yeah, Wiley starts at right guard. Or right tackle, sorry. Yeah, Andrew Wiley's also a free agent. They got to bring one of them back. Your edge rusher's already there. It's Clark and Karloftis. They drafted him last year. If I were them, I would cut Frank Clark and, and then I would bring and I would use that money to try to re sign both Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. I mean, the thing is, like, there's. This is the first time in literally forever that you can say that they actually have some kind of DB depth with McDuffie yeah. and Legereus Sneed, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. Like, I mean, they started Williams and Watson in a Super Bowl. How much more do you want? You know? And they've proven that they can make this work with just random pieces. And then who knows, Matt? Like, 
the biggest question mark of them all could end up being could end up being the best receiver on this team is basically not taking a snap of football in a year and a half and like they just have Justin Ross if as a free ticket oh stop it i think he hey i mean it's injury related it's not that he can't play i don't think he's very fast or athletic i think he was a good college receiver 64210 he ran a, yeah he ran a 47 he ran a 4.7? Yeah, it was pro day. He ran a four six four that adjusts to a four six nine. It fit with the combine, and then his his burst score is like a one eleven point six, which is seventh percentile. He's just an intre- He was a good college player, and I think that's uh, pretty much the end. I just wonder if he was like if he was potentially injured during that because watching him at Clemson, he played much faster than that. He went undrafted. Yeah. He played much faster than that. I don't know if it's injuries that fucked him up forever, which is entirely possible. It does happen. We don't like to acknowledge it, but it does happen. It probably did. Yeah. Well, they thought that was true for Mike Williams, though. Yeah. I mean, like, very similar players. Like, even at Clemson, very similar players. But one guy was drafted top 10, one guy was undrafted. So that's not, that can't possibly be true. No, no, no. I'm saying very similar players at Clemson. Buffalo's interesting. If they listen to the fan base, they're in for a world of trouble. What do you mean by that? Basically, the fan base wants them to swing and go all in. The problem with that is they have. They just haven't been able to attract the right pieces. And if you overpay for them, you're in a world of hurt, right? Like Von Miller getting hurt is an enormous deal because he's your best edge rusher. Now, the problem is like if your best D lineman is on the wrong side of 30, you know, that's part of the risk assessment of playing the game. Like I'm not, you know. They're hiring mercenaries, which is fine, and I think Cincinnati should rip a page from their book and do it, but they don't have as complete a roster as Cincinnati does, offensively at least. They need a two. They have a bunch of threes. Yeah, Scott Connor, who I talked to yesterday, he's he's super plugged in with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he thinks that they want to run back the offense and just figure it out. Yeah, figure out how to scheme up a defense with parts and pieces. As long as they have Lou, they can do that. Because, I mean, the thing is, he's willing to run whatever. Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator. And that's kind of the best part about him as a DC. So, basically, I, the fact that they got both OC and DC back in Callahan and Anarumo is crazy. Like, Shane Steichen and, <laughs> and Jonathan Gannon are not better offensive and defensive coordinators than... Brian Callahan and Luana Rubo. Like, I'm not saying Philly got done at favor by any means, because obviously that sucks and you want the continuity, but there is a drastic difference between those two and the other two. I'll get into, um, let's see, we'll get into the Super Bowl, and then we're going to get into the top six teams. We're going to get into the six teams that are, you know, the six teams that I believe are the uh, the top the top contenders for next year, and we'll look at their contract situations, look at their team build and their contracts heading into 2023. If you want to throw in a sleeper, feel free to. I know what mine is. Well, who is your sleeper? Jacksonville. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I have a sleeper. My, my sleeper will be... Uh, uh, the, the the Cowboys. That's actually a sleeper. I agree. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that they can legitimately challenge for it. So yeah, I mean, like, it's not a sleeper in the traditional sense. Like, uh, you know, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, who gives a shit? Is he that shiny? He seems really dull. Like a like a uh, what's the word? 
uh, 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 not rusty. Oh, you know the word with like when metal gets, uh, you know, you have to, when you, when you have to polish metal. What, it, what, it, what is it when, uh, when metal's not polished? You know that, uh, there's a word there. It's that. That is what, it's the opposite of shiny. Yeah, it helps when you have a guy like 15. There's, there are no words. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Literally playing on the slipperiest surface in Super Bowl history since the Ice Bowl. Trevor Lawrence should be a New York Jet. The team is too talented. They can't tank. Trevor Lawrence should be a New York Jet. He's super tarnished. Uh, yeah, it's like, like, you know, when you're a kid and you find a toy in the attic and you're trying to make it work or whatever, it's just not quite. It's It used to be fun and shiny, cool. You know, back when uh, your dad played with it, but now it's like, you know what? I I don't know. This is like a, this is an antique. Maybe this is worth some money, but uh, I you know kids aren't gonna. You, you, you. But you'd rather move on from them a year early than a year late. This team has been built exquisitely. There is another quarterback in New York that is technically a free agent. Trevor Lawrence should be a New York Jet. Jesus Christ! Can you stop? No. Mahomes, one of one for all time. Derek Carr is great. Jesus Christ. Trevor Lawrence should be a New York Jet.